African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. And uh, thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, we are on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And uh, remember, you can also uh, uh, stream us uh, on our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. But remember, our main service is uh, into sub-Saharan Africa uh, via our shortwave uh, service. And just to remind you that we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. I'm sure you know the program by now. This is where we contextualize the issues. Every day we might be speaking about a little bit of snippets of stories, but this is where we try to actually broaden the landscape of uh, the issues on the program. And today we're looking at uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. As you heard there in uh, Anne's uh, uh, bulletin, we know that uh, everyone now is actually uh, filing their bid for the the uh, 23 December polls and everyone is putting their candidates forward. And we also heard talks uh, yesterday that members of the pro-Kabila Alliance, the Common Front of Congo, were meeting yesterday. I'm not sure of their decision whether which candidate they were putting forward, but it's likely that they will try to put forward the present Joseph Kabila. That's still uncertain at this particular moment. We also know uh, that it's very interesting to see the country where it is right now, especially after former Democratic Republic of Congo Vice President Jean-Pierre Bemba, uh, whose war crimes convictions were overturned in June, uh, returned to his home country to take part in these presidential elections. We know that he returned weeks after the International Criminal Court overturned his war crimes convictions to submit his credentials to the Electoral Commission. And uh, we also know that exiled opposition leader Moise Katumbi uh, is also another prominent leader who has also announced his return to participate in the political process after fleeing the country two years ago. He might be also joining forces with the major political player, Felix Tsitsikedi. That's also an interesting collaboration if it does happen, but we still don't know how things will unfold since we haven't seen the release of the candidates that have put their names forward yet. But uh, let's look at this issue with our guest. We've got Professor William Gumetta joining us once again. He's the executive chairperson at the Democracy Works Foundation and also an associate professor at the Witt School of Governance. I have in our studio Kambale Musa Vuli, who is the spokesperson of the advocacy organization Friends of the Congo. Kambale, it's good to see you. Finally, we meet you in studio. Thanks for coming through to Channel Africa. Look, this is a very interesting moment as we are seeing now uh, candidates putting their names forward for these elections that are just going to happen in a, in a few months' time. Are you optimistic? I asked you this, you said yes earlier on, but what's your feeling around the dynamics that we're seeing currently politically? I mean, the, the political process for the elections is already problematic uh, at the time. I mean, while people believe there will be elections uh, this year, things could change. 
We are supposed to have an election in 2016, which has been delayed over and over. Sure. Uh, what is clear uh, is that uh, Kabila want to remain in power by all means. Um, at the end of today, we'll find out if he's going to announce that he's going to be a presidential candidate or not. But when we start even thinking of the process, how long it took to actually get to the point where presidential candidates are registering uh, as candidates, hmm. how much it costs to be on the ballot is $100,000, which wow. is uh, over a million rands. Uh, to be a presidential can- candidate on the ballot. It's almost like an elitist process, isn't it? Exactly. And so f- when you look at the, the current process, we already know that whoever comes out as the n- next leader of the Congo is not going to rep- represent the interests of the masses. And that's still the ongoing challenge of the Congolese people. This is Mother Day funding is we always wanted to, we want to have leaders who represent us, but because of the political climate, sometimes it's been very hard to actually have. Well, this is not a, a unique thing for um, a democratic process, uh, um, Kambale, because, yes, running any political um, running uh, actually does cost you money, whether it's from the USA or whether it's in Europe. Africa, it's the same context. Do you think we can look beyond that and actually see this process being facilitated in a way that will be more positive? We have to have a historical outlook of what's happening in DRC. Since 1996, there have been a conflict in DRC that have taken the lives of 6 million people. Joseph Kabila, the current uh, the uh, president of the Congo, who has stayed beyond his term limit, became president in 2001. In 2006, the first election was organized where he was announced that he was the winner. The second election in 2006, uh, 2011 was announced as the winner. Our constitution only allows him to have two terms, but he has stayed beyond his presidential mandate. And the current process, that's, that's why uh, for Africans listening to it, it's not a question of engaging in the political process, it's to actually understand how Congolese people have been uh, disenfranchised since 1996. And even for now, uh, as we said, it may cost uh, money to organize election. Hmm. The money shouldn't be coming from the people who are running for office, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about how much Congolese people make a day, Congolese live with less than a dollar a day. And as sure. you pointed out earlier, it's really an elite class. But I'm not faithful in this current process that uh, the leader will come out from there. I'm much more worried about the political arrests of young Congolese war organizings, the killing of politicians political activists, and also, of course, uh, the pushing to exiles uh, of other political opponents uh, who are not able to come back in the country. Well, let's bring in Professor William Gumete. Uh, We hear Kambale, Professor Gumete, showing some of his worries uh, of uh, this process that's still underway. I personally think it's too early to say whether we can actually judge the credibility of uh, the elections. We'll see what happens after today because today is only a start. What are your um, assessments of uh, where we find ourselves in the Democratic Republic of Congo? Should we be more optimistic this time, uh, looking back at what we've seen uh, as a failure when we, we hoped in 2016 that we'd see elections in the country? Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on the program. It's always a pleasure. Um, I think just to start off with, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's astonishing that since um, the DRC uh, gained independence in 1960, you know, there's never been um, a peaceful transition, you know, from one leader to the other. 
and so on. I mean, and that's, okay, first is a shocking statistic. The second thing is just to say, I mean, clearly, you know, um, uh, uh, President Joseph Kabila has really made it very difficult for is any opponent, uh, uh, any independent oppo opponent to stand against him. I mean, he really, I mean, he was supposed to leave in 2016 already, sure, sure. and he's been using actually a loophole in the current constitution of the DRC, which says, you know, he can remain in power until there is a new leader. So essentially what he has just done is postponed and postponed and delayed. My own fear is from where I'm sitting and having seen, you know, having been here before in the previous, and you know, observing and, and, and writing about sure. uh, the previous election. Clearly what, 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 what is happening here is he's made it, so even if there's election in December, it is going to be very difficult for any opposition leader really to gain traction. I mean, firstly, he has marginalized or pushed out of the country organizers of the opposition, activists, you know, they're out of the country. Uh, you know, secondly, he's really made it difficult for anyone who wants to stand as a presidential candidate. I mean, wherever have you heard in an African country where you have to put a deposit so high, mm. as our colleague was saying, of, you know, U.S., one, you know, 100,000. This is absolutely unheard of in an election in a developing country or in an African country. So he really has put so much obstacles in the way. So, and even today, I mean, we're awaiting now his coalition. Really, I think first prize for, for Kabila, he really wants to be to stand again for the third term, or alternatively trying to get a weak candidate which he can control, uh, you know, from behind. I think that really is where we are now. Well, that's worrying, but let's look at uh, the other key players before we dissect Joseph Kabila. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in the return. Everyone has been speaking about uh, the former Democratic Republic of Congo's Vice President Jean-Pierre Bemba returning into the country and mm -hmm. running for president. We know he's been deemed as a warlord in the country. It also has also some skeletons in, in his own closet mm -hmm. as well. And uh, we also now also see Moise Katumbi, who fled the DRC two years ago after being charged with offences against security. So another figure who also has a precarious past. And then we've got Felix Tisekedi, who could be partnering up with Katumbi, depending on uh, the talks that uh, we'll see unfolding and maybe the candidacy list that we'll be seeing later today. What are your thoughts of these various key figures? I mean, the first thing, just to start off, you know, what they, the opposition figures will have to do is they will have to unite, you know, on one platform. And, and you know, unfortunately, there's always, in the African context, has been the most difficult thing. You get, you know, opposition, uh, the opposition often fail because they, they cannot unite. I mean, if you have a, a figure like Kabila, who he has all the state resources, controls the police, he controls the intelligence, controls all of the state institutions. You know, he's a, he's a very, that makes him very formidable because he also controls the law, and he is the law in the country. Then the best then is not for the opposition to divide themselves, but to unite and so on. And I think, you know, Kabila, if he stands for another term, may win, or if he gets a weak, let's call it a puppet, you know, a front person for him, may also win because the opposition are so divided. Mm. Kambale, do you see these uh, various figures having that particular strategic approach that Professor Gometa is highlighting? I don't because I think they all have different interests in these elections. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it, it will always be a difficulty for any elections uh, around the world. People will want to run there. It makes it hard for oppositions or even the majority to come together. Uh, but speaking specifically around Jean-Pierre Mbemba, uh, it's important to actually understand where the Congolese people are in their mindset. Jean-Pierre Mbemba returned to Congo on August 1st. For those who were watching it, you saw masses of Congolese actually coming out in his support. Uh, what people need to actually know is that the Congolese people necessarily do not support him as an individual. Uh, the Congolese people have seen for the past two decades uh, the country uh, going through numerous challenges, uh, be it conflict, the economic challenge, as I mentioned earlier, Congolese live less than a dollar a day, and many different social issues. At this time, Congolese are feeling so angry that they are ready for a new leadership in the country. And mm -hmm. whoever can represent that hope, they will connect to that. In the Congo today, there are only two groups that can bring up those masses that you saw. The first group is Jean-Pierre Mbemba, as I mentioned. He was able to get the people because of what he represents as a uh, political leader. The second one is the Catholic what do you think Church. He, just clarify, what do you think he represents as a, as a leader? As a leader, Personally, as a young Congolese, I won't support him mm. uh, because of his background or where he comes from and also what the MLC rebel group sure. actually did to the Congolese people. Uh, but we know that his arrest and uh, his taking into the ICC was very political. Okay. Uh, there is no new information today and in 2010 that the ICC received to actually overturn uh, the ruling. Right? They did have information in 2010 that the crimes were committed in Central African Republic. Uh, his lawyers at the time at the ICC didn't make that argument that he did not have control of uh, the military force, sure. which was including Ugandan soldiers who actually are the ones who committed the, the crimes in Central Africa Republic. So when we see that the ICC mysteriously in 2018 released a political leader from DRC who has spent almost a decade um, at the ICC, we know that there are much more interests at play. Okay. It's not as simple as now he's a free man. Uh, this is one of the speculation and concerns from the Congolese is why are they deciding all of a sudden uh, to release him? Mm. But he actually worked by releasing him now and him coming back. The population with the anger that exists show their support for okay. him. And that's why I wanted to insist. When you so see it's the almost Congolese like an anti-Kabila stance. Exactly. But there are many interests that play. Okay. There are also regional players as international players. We haven't even talked about even Sade, but specifically for the ICC release of Jean-Pierre Mbeba, it's very questionable mm. because, as I mentioned, they had the same information. But Jean-Pierre Mbeba now is, is registered as a presidential candidate. He's going to stand for elections. Um, will he win? That's something we will see. Um, more than likely, if the playing field is fair, more than likely the people will support him. Mm. But, uh, and that's why I'm insisting, when the Congolese people are supporting him, they're not necessarily supporting him for him as Jean-Pierre Mbemba, political leader for MLC. Mm. The Congolese are voting for a transition, a sure. new leadership mm. uh, that may have uh, come to the country. Where do you put Moise Katumbi? You are putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a young Congolese, right? I have... Um, I followed the ideas of Patrice Lumumba. Mm. Patrice Lumumba wanted a Congo where Congo's resources benefited the Congolese people and mm. the African continent as a whole. The challenge that we have the political class in the DRC, they have no political ideology mm. and vision for the DRC. Mm. When you see their actions, they follow, it's much more so that uh, they are hungry for power. Mm. 
Moise Katumbi was a governor of Katanga. When mm. you go to see the conditions of the people in Katanga, he mm. did not elevate that. Sure. He was a star supporter of Kabila. Mm. It happens to be that he has political ambitions today where he's now uh, trying to you know, run for president. Of course, it is unfair what the government is doing right now, stopping him from coming into the country and cre- uh, creating charges against him. Sure. But those things could be also uh, many other political de- leaders inside of the country could be there. As a young Congolese, uh, what I will hope uh, for Congo, for the next leaders of the Congo, they should be coming from the masses. Mm. Uh, someone who have uh, shown a track record of working with the population of addressing the challenges that they face. And I'll make that comparison uh, with, because I'm in South Africa and I'm looking at what EFF is doing here mm. and also even what NUMSA. I'm seeing that the South African people want something new mm. and they've been screaming that they want to regain mm. control of their land. Mm. And one of the leaders here voiced that mm. very widely, and that was uh, Julius Malema, mm. as an example. Mm. In the DRC, we will get there. It's mm. going to take some time. But yeah. in this short period, I don't believe that there is a political leader who has already officially announced to run that that is actually at the caliber of what Congo needs. I want uh, Professor Kometi to dissect uh, these uh, different figures as well. But we'll do that after the break. What are your thoughts? Remember, you can interact with us on our social media at Channel Africa One or at uh, African uh, Dialogue. That's our Twitter handle. At Channel Africa One, it's the numeric one. Our other handle specifically for the show is at African Dialogue. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with our guests after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunya Nzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We love Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatam. And this hour, we will dissect the big issues on the African continent. I'm with uh, Kambele Musavuli in our studio. He's the spokesperson for the advocacy group uh, Friends of the Congo. On the line, we have Professor William Gumate, Executive Chairperson at Democracy Works Foundation and Associate Professor at the Witt School of Governance. Um, Professor William Gumate, what are your thoughts on these various figures? I'd like to get your assumptions on them, especially uh, from someone who can see things from an outside perspective uh, that's independent because uh, there are a lot of pr- proliferations, especially when it comes to someone such as President, uh, uh, Vice President Jean-Pierre Bemba, the, the former Vice uh, President. He's uh, how he got released from the ICC, there was kind of a lot of people questioning why this particular timing, why now, as was highlighted by Kambale, and also we know uh, the likes uh, of uh, Moise Katumbi also have a history uh, that doesn't really show um, materialistic gains for the people of uh, the Congo, and uh, also we're seeing Felix Tisekedi, who might be trying to create some form of alliance with Katumbi. What are your thoughts on those different uh, figures? I mean, you know, it's, again, um, it, to start off with, it, it, it really is sad that, y- you know, that um, 
uh, Kabila, like many other, you know, African leaders who doesn't mm. want to leave, sure. make life so difficult for any credible opposition to, to emerge. You know, it just makes life difficult. Sure. So, unfortunately for the Congolese people, these are the only candidates they have. Yeah. You, you know, you've got Kabila, mm. and then you have these candidates. It's, and and it, it is because if you're in this type of election where, you know, the, you've got a strong man leader who doesn't want to let go, sure. who makes life very difficult, you can, only other people who can really challenge is also strong man type of figures. Sure. And that is a tragedy for Africa because across the continent is the same thing. You've got a strong man in power, makes it very difficult, and only a, another strong man can take him on. Mm. You, you know, you're, 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 you're usually your honors, your upstanding, your mm. moderate people. They, uh, as candidates, they will never survive. So then that's the reason why we get in Africa. We never get your honors, your upstanding, your, mm. your, your leaders because of this type of scenario. So let me then go back to the individual. Mm. I think, you know, of all of the bonds, you know, so in a sense, it's, they're all not non-perfect candidates, sure. put it that way, yeah? But Katumbi, because he was the governor of Katanga province, and Katanga province was reasonably better run or managed than the others, which just means, it, in a way, I mean, I suspect, you know, he's most probably the best of the bunch available, you know, with the kind of resources uh, and, and so on. But I, uh, and then the same with, you know, Bemba, a colorful figure, he has been there. I mean, he just, you know, it was just a quote that just came from uh, The Hague. And I know people, there's speculation why and this and so on. For me, that's not a big, that is not a big issue. Sure. The issue is really is, you know, can he, can he, can he contest? Uh, not only can he contest, but the, I would. I, I think the most ideal situation is: Can the three of the, you know, the three big opposition candidates, can they somehow get together on a platform mm. and, and and join hands? I mean, there's, you know, still a lot of the. I mean, it's today and even after today, they can still, you know, come together, you know, ahead of the election. So mm. it's n- never too late, uh, and, and so on. I my sense is that most probably is the only way they could potentially our opposition party leader can win here if the leader is not endorsed by um, Kapila. Because Kapila sits with the army, he's control of the army, he's control of the police, he's control of all of the other institutions. He's making a life how for people across the Congo. So if you want to be opposition leader to win, you, you know, you really have to combine all of the forces together to have a united front. Otherwise, mm. what will happen, Kabila, or he's, if, he cho- if he choose, say, sort of a front person, that person may win because the opposition is fighting at, at too divided, you know? Mm. Staying with you, Professor Kumet, I know that you and Kambale have different views on uh, some of these candidates, but looking back at the the, the, the election environment, maybe looking at uh, some of the elections that you looked at in the DRC, I was just talking to Kambale off the record that I want us to really speak about that infrastructural um, capacity uh, that the landscape of uh, um, the DRC can actually deal with this particular um, elections does it have the capacity does it have the infrastructural connections to actually handle um, an election so important especially in this short period of time now exactly i i don't think i mean as a neutral observer the 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 capacity is not there i mean interestingly um the president president kabila has rejected uh, 
help from the UN logistic help because if you know in in this type of situations it is if there's chaos if there is no resources um, if the the logistics is inadequate it's you know it's um, it helps it favors the, the the person who's sitting was already the president and that president and that person's candidate when there's chaos and it doesn't favor you know, new outsiders, opposition leaders. So for him, he, I think from a Kabila, from a strategic point of view, from a selfish point of view, he would be very happy that there's no outside support, that you know that there's no capacity, because when you don't have any capacity, you don't have any outside support, it just means that um, in their context, it's easier to manipulate the election, the outcome, and so on, because there's no transparency. Mm-hmm. Kambale, your thoughts just before we came back from that short break you were speaking about the disconnect from some of the work that you do you also work with young activists in uh, uh, the DRC and you were talking about some of the work that's been done on the ground kind of shows the disconnect with the elite um, politicians and sometimes that's where the interests are questioned. Tell us a little bit about the, the political environment there and maybe you can also connect it with this infrastructural question that I post uh, uh, for the elections towards uh, Professor Gumete. The reason also why Kabila is having a hard time uh, staying in power and trying to do all this mechanism is really because of the Congolese youth. In 2015, uh, the Congolese uh, parliament was trying to pass a census law uh, that will have mandated that before presidential election, we have a census of the country that would have delayed uh, the election further. If it wasn't for young Congolese, that law would have passed. They demonstrated, mobilized. Uh, many were killed. Uh, many, uh, up to like 400 of them or more, were arrested. But in modern-day uh, Congo, we have an example of how young Congolese who are active were actually able to stop a law that the Congolese parliament was ready to pass. From 2015 to now, we've seen that. Many young Congolese have put their lives on the line. Many have passed away. Rossi Chimanga was another young Congolese just this past February who was protecting uh, protesters who were hiding within a church. And the military came and shot at people in the church. He was killed. And many others have, have faced that. Uh, a colleague of mine I uh, work with, Christian Lumu, a youth leader from uh, the UDPS Youth League, he's been in jail since November. And here's the disconnect. While he's a youth organizer who can mobilize communities in his area, he's in jail as part of the Youth League. But the main UDPS uh, organization is not speaking. So you spoke about Felix Chisekedi. I have yet heard him speak about the young Congolese political prisoners who are in jail who are not actually attended to. I'm going to step back for a second talk about infrastructure and touch on what uh, uh, Professor actually mentioned earlier. Um, I will disagree with him and shamefully I will quote someone I don't like to quote, Barack Obama. You know, when Barack Obama was in Ghana, he said, Africa doesn't need strong men in his strong institutions. I understood why he said that because of the context of the DRC. There is not one individual in DRC who will be able to transform the Congo if institutions of the Congo are very weak. So we spoke about already the challenges of the electoral process, how it's weak. So no matter who is going to come, already from the get-go, it's going to change. But what do the Congolese people want? They've actually voiced what they actually want in the electoral process. Before we got to this crisis, 
the Congolese people knew that we cannot organize election in 2016, 2017, and 2018. The latest voice from the Congolese has been they would like to have a transition government where Kabila is no longer president and that transitional government will actually run the electoral process. But what has happened is that the voice of the people has been muted and a political process has been imposed on them where we can predict what the result will be. So the question for everyone will, uh, will be, especially given that uh, the SADC nation, they are meeting on August 17th to the 19th, I believe, in Namibia. What, what will the international community, particularly SADC uh, countries, say about what the Congolese people want? Are we going to support the will of the Congolese people, or we're going to try to manage a process when we can expect the same result. The same thing happened in 2006, the same thing happened in 2011, and there is a risk that the same thing will happen again in 2018 since we are not connected with the the voice of the people. All right, now what will actually be the way forward? And I want to come back to you, Professor Gometi. The African Union has been silenced a little bit around this issue. We know that SADC had a, a SADC gathering in, in Namibia not so long ago, and they were speaking around issues of the DRC. What kind of mediation processes should follow now moving forward? SADC, I'm missing in action, um, you know, in, these, in African conflicts. You know, it's kind of so ironic because you often hear African leaders say, oh, African solutions for African problems. We don't want outsiders to come and help us. But when we have a crisis, they hide away. They don't want to because they don't have the political will and they don't have the backbone to try to deal with it. I mean, I think they should have now, before Congo... You, you know, break into a civil war here yeah, because we are on the verge here yeah, yeah. uh, and so on. They should actually step in here now. And, I mean, they should have had a conversation, you know, with Kabila a long time ago to say for Kabila, step aside. I mean, mm. the best scenario would have been, I mean, the most ideal scenario was for that, you know, a government, a transition government mm. initially, you know, sure. so to stabilize things, to make things a little bit more neutral and then to allow a much more democratic process of people mm-hmm. announcing, you, you know, their candidacy and so on. Because now this is already, you know, if, if you say the elections are already unfair, just by the fact that Kabila has made it so difficult for, for people to register. Mm-hmm. That's already unfair election, yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's not over yet. The AU really, if the AU wants to rescue its own credibility, because its, it's credibility is absolutely gone now, it really, you know, the DRC may represent some, presents a, a chance for them again, mm. you know, to kind of, to, to just, to, to, to restore mm. their um, credibility and their reputation, but they have to step in now, and they have to have a conversation, I think, with Kabila, mm. and actually be tough here now, and say, look, um, y- you know what, before this election, election again collapses, you know, and needs to be postponed for another time, mm-hmm. or before a country plunges into violence, you know, um, see sense, mm-hmm. um, and allow more freedom, you know, for people um, to exercise their democratic rights. Your, your thoughts on, on, on mediation efforts, just in two minutes before we wrap it up? Yes, uh, <coughs> definitely in agreement. Um, uh, the African Union has to engage, but of course he has a difficulty. The chairman of the African Union... President Paul Kagame or Rwanda has the same machine in his country. Oh, he sure. also changed the constitution of yeah. his country. He's going to run. So mm. the, we have a cartel of African leaders who are using these institutions, uh, which makes it hard for them to be the face 
of saying, how are they going to tell Kabila yeah. to step away when they're not doing that in the countries? Um, my appeal is more so for the people. Uh, the South African people during apartheid made a call to the African people to come at the, at the side. Mm. And people all around the world came at the side. That's where we are with the DRC. Mm. If, for any reason, uh, Kabila decides to run for president, mm. I think it should be made personal non grata across the world, especially across the African continent. That would be a stronger signal. Sure. Because the, if Congo falls into a civil war, mm. there is a conflict there, it's definitely going to affect the region. We're talking about nine bordering nations mm. on, the, on the continent will be affected in sure. the entire African mm. continent. Uh, on, in the case of South Africa, I'm still not clear mm. what is South Africa's clear position on the DRC, specifically Ramaphosa. Um, so Ramaphosa has almost become very conservative around these issues. I heard him speaking about it at the last uh, SADC meeting, mm-hmm. and he wasn't very much strong in his viewpoints. Exactly, and they're using the same viewpoint that you know, we should go to elections. Mm. Uh, but the only country in the region that have actually been strong is Botswana, mm. you know, the former yes, president yes, of Botswana, Botswana yes, yes. and Masisi now. Yes, yes. They have vocally said, they have said that Kabila should step, step down. down yeah. um, so that type of aggressive diplomacy mm. from African nations yeah. uh, will actually go a long way and give a chance to the Congolese. And we've seen it in Gambia. Mm-hmm. This is how Yaya Jame, mm-hmm. when the ECOWAS countries came together and put pressure on Yaya Jame, mm-hmm. he stepped down. Mm-hmm. If SADC can do the same, if African Union can do the mm-hmm. same, they give Congolese a chance to have a transition mm-hmm. and also finally a, a leader elected by the leader mm-hmm. just like Patrice Lumumba who will have a chance to actually rule the country and transform the heart of Africa. Well, thank you, gents, for your time. Thank you to Professor William Gumete on the line. It's always a pleasure having you on our show here on Channel Africa.